Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 37. Our guest today is Ame Betcher. Before we get into what the episode entails, just want to let you guys know that the Promethean Project is doing a t-shirt fundraiser currently. There's only four more days left. Originally, we started the fundraiser with just buying the t-shirts for the youth in our youth group that we're doing for online socialization for this hectic year, um, but talking to the youth and their parents, we decided to open it up for the public. So there's four days left in the campaign. You can go to Instagram and go to our profile on Instagram at the Promethean Project, P-R-O-M-E-T-H-E-A-N Project. And you can go to the link in our bio. It's our link tree link. And you can go in there and hit t-shirts and it'll take you directly to Bonfire. Bonfire is the company that's doing our fundraising. They're an amazing site. You should definitely check them out um, and see if you want to buy a shirt or two. Proceeds will go to helping us run youth-oriented mental health programming, but also opening up things like our Y12 SR 12-step yoga programs our other program-based initiatives to battle the stigma of mental health and physical health disparities that exist um, in our communities. So uh, go to the link, check out the many different colors and sizes we have, and throw us some support if you're interested in getting tea or just interested in donating to our cause. So Ame and I met um, actually at a wellness fair that was happening in Enfield. And in talking to her, I realized she had some connections with some of my other friends in the VVM world. Big surprise, VVM is back on the podcast. Um, But I really got to talk to her a little bit more in going to podcast seminar for pod campers of Western Massachusetts uh, a couple months ago. And I feel like, I felt like she would be perfect for the podcast. So I asked her to come on and she is just starting her coaching of, of social media marketing, helping people in local businesses with that campaign. So you should definitely check her out. I'll include some of the links in the bio, but so this first started talking about social media and how we use social media to progress and be our authentic selves and our own brand. But I feel like as we got more into the podcast, we started connecting and talking more about how to connect with our purpose and use our purpose to drive our initiatives and how if we're not doing things that are connected to our purpose, it's really holding us back. And if we don't have the mindset of growth, none of our dreams will ever become a reality. It's a really great podcast, so I'm really excited to have Ame on and talk to you a little bit about uh, the mind, the body, and how that connects to life and purpose. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome, Ame Betcher. Nice to meet you here on the podcast. I, we've met several times, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'm so happy that you've come on to, to kind of talk to us and, and have a conversation today. Uh, could you introduce yourself to the listeners out there? What it is you do, yeah. what your passions are, and who you are? Definitely. So my name is Ame Betcher. I live in the hill towns of Northwest Connecticut with my boyfriend of 11 years and our dog Toretto. 
I'm the owner of Two Moons Creative. I work with small businesses helping with graphic design, branding, and social media marketing to help them authentically connect with their community and their customers so they can grow their business with the use of social media. And recently, I launched a coaching program called Be Your Brand, which allows me to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, which is something I've been really wanting to do for a long time and just kind of focus on individual struggles that businesses are facing, right. and especially when it comes to marketing and social media, because it is still fairly new, um, social media marketing, and I feel like people kind of treat it like traditional marketing. And that's kind of one of the things I want to teach people is that modern marketing isn't like the type of marketing you've seen on television or heard on radio in the past. It's definitely different. And that's something I really want to help people to grasp and utilize so that they can grow their businesses. All right. So it's not quite like an episode of Mad Men, uh, the way the modern marketing uh, resources are, correct? Definitely. Yeah. I always tell people it, it, like old marketing is just cheesy flashing arrows. It's like buy my product, buy my service, buy, buy, buy. And modern marketing now is connection and authenticity and relationship. And there is actually something called relationship marketing. And that's kind of the venture that I want to go on with people is to teach them how to utilize that so that they can humanize their brand so that when you go on social media, so first of all, I haven't had cable TV in over 10 years now. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> people are always like, oh, well, have you seen this commercial? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But um, I can't stand advertising. I really can't. So it's ironic that I'm in marketing. But at the same time, that's my goal is to make it something that is enjoyable for both the marketer and the person being marketed to. Um, and just having heart in that. And I feel like there's such a disconnect between putting your business out there and showcasing your services and your products and actually having there be a connection to you, yourself, your heart, your personality. And that's something that I really wanna help people uh, use. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the, um, you know, the TV, and because my wife makes fun of me all the time because I was cheap and didn't spring for the commercial-free Hulu uh, pass, <laughs> so we still we still do get commercials, even though we watch mostly Hulu shows now, right. uh, or Disney Plus, depending on who's who's awake <laughs> when we're yeah. watching stuff. Um, but it is funny that you mentioned that because it is I, I do feel like there is that that clear disconnect between the way modern companies are are doing marketing and the way that it used to be done. It used to be really flashy, like you're saying, and now it's more about uh, exactly what you're you're training people to do is be be the brand, right, and kind of develop from from the ground up. Mm. Yep. Um, same here with we have uh, Prime Video, yeah. and I think it's like sixty seconds of commercials every now and then, and I yeah. can't handle it. I'm like, <laughs> I feel so ADD. I'm like, this is not why I'm here. I don't want to see this, which is funny because I feel like that's kind of social media in a way. Mm -hmm. You don't go on social media to see ads, to have products and services shoved in your face. You go on there to connect with people, to have conversations. And that's exactly what businesses should be doing is that authentic relationship building and nurturing that relationship with your customers. A lot of my clients know me on a personal basis. Like, we're not, it's not that professional. I mean, I'm a professional person, but it's not like that where it's cold, you know? People know me, they, they follow me on social media, they know my dog, like it's very different. And building that relationship is what brings in repeat customers and referrals. And that's really at the end of the day, that's what's gonna make your business successful. And, and it sounds so shallow, and marketing and advertising is like a dirty word, I feel like. It's not yeah. something like you think, oh, there's nothing authentic about marketing, but how else are you supposed to be happy, right? Like if you follow your passions, you follow your drive, it's as an entrepreneur anyway, 
then that's where it's going to lead you is to running some sort of business or some sort of nonprofit to help people. But how are you supposed to do that without telling the world about it? Right. Right. I'm just going to pause real, real quick. Mm -hmm. Windows open and dogs are barking and <laughs> cars are going. The beauty about technology is the editing that's that's available. It is nice because I'm used to doing live webinars so much where it's like, okay, make sure I pee before I go on because there <laughs> will be no opportunity. My biggest thing is I drink like five of these things a day just full exactly. of water. And yep. then, you know, because I counsel, I always have to time it correctly because I don't want to be that one therapist who's like, uh, I got to pee and, and then disappear. Um, you know, they're sitting there like, all right, this is, his pee is costing me how much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for him to go to the bathroom. Um, so how did you get into this in general? Like, how did you find out that this was your passion and you really wanted to help connect with people and help them uh, humanize what they do and, and be able to do that? Because what you're saying is true is that if you have any kind of business, uh, if you have a service or, or, or you're selling everything, I think that the hardest thing that people really have is like, oh, I don't want to be annoying about it. But at the same time, you have to find that voice because otherwise people aren't going to find you. Mm -hmm. um, so I do want to follow up on that. But I, I guess my first question is like, what drove you to this and what parts of your life really coalesced for you to be like, Hey, this is something I'm really good at. And this is really what I want to put my foot forward. with. So it's funny because I always say that, being an entrepreneur and starting a business was the best decision I didn't actually make because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I had recently lost my job. So it's been seven years. I've been doing this for seven years mm -hmm. and I had lost my job and I was just kind of looking for other jobs, doing the whole thing, very bitter about it all, very in, in just a bad mindset. And had some business connections with people in my network and I started freelancing and I worked mostly with photographers doing uh, digital retouching. So it's like the back end of photo editing. And uh, I have a degree in graphic design, but I didn't really get into that that much because of the job that I had. And so those connections kind of grew. And then I was working as a contractor for a magazine, then a second magazine, and that kind of led me into more graphic design and advertising design. And then I realized like, oh, I should get a website and I should make a logo and I should pick out a name. And I started doing all these things. And even then at that point, and I was probably six months into it, I didn't actually say that I had a business. Right. I kept saying I was a freelancer. I'm a freelancer. I freelance <laughs> for businesses. And like, never thought about it like i was just sole proprietor even to this day i'm still registered as a sole proprietor and it's just kind of worked that way that's fine okay. you know it's okay. just me there's nobody else and um it eventually just started growing but i have to say i pivoted my business many many times there were a lot of trial and errors which at that time i was miserable like i was not happy when things would fail i was frustrated thinking, you know, why am I doing this? Why don't I just go get a real job like a normal person? <laughs> but in the end, and I feel like over the years, I've gained a lot of wisdom with this and understanding that there are no failures because it's all just experiments. Right. And it, an experiment is just going to give you a result. And that result isn't wrong or right. You just move on from it. You just backtrack or you pivot or you take the long way around and eventually get to wherever you're supposed to be. So, and I always say like, we were just discussing procrastination in our Facebook group the other day. And I am such a procrastinator. Right. And I definitely figured out that my procrastination comes from overwhelm. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I don't want to do the things that I'm supposed to do. And I lose my passion for those things. So when people come to me and they ask me about being an entrepreneur, I always tell them it requires commitment, focus, passion, and patience. But passion is the most important one because if you have passion for what you're doing, then all those other things just come. You'll be committed because you're passionate about it. You'll be focused because you're passionate about it. And you'll have patience to get through the hard times because you're passionate about it. And that comes right back to the marketing of, of how to be authentic if you have passion 
for what you do, then it's going to show in your marketing. It's going to show in your sales presentations. It's going to show in your one-on-one -on -one experiences with your customers. So yeah. as long as you have that passion and you truly enjoy what you're doing, um, then you're going to be successful and you're going to be happy because if you're not happy too, that's the other thing, then your business won't be successful because you have to have that connection with yourself. Not only is just connection with your customers, but connection with yourself. You have to love what you do. So yeah. do I love marketing? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love the, the data driven results of marketing. I love working with people, helping them grow their business through marketing. Okay. That's awesome. And I mean, there's so many, pertinent things that you were just talking about that I want to get into a little bit with you too. But my, one of my favorite acronyms is the acronym for fail, right? First attempt in learning. And that's, that's that trial period that you're talking about. I think so many people look at entrepreneurship and they see the fun aspect of it. Hey, you make your own schedule. Hey, you do what you need to during the course of the day. You go to these groups. I'm wearing my VVM shirt right now. You go to places like VVM and you know, they have beers on tap and they have cold brew that you can get that gives you crazy jitters and probably shouldn't be drinking as much of it. And, and it is fun. It's a, it's a cool community setting, but it's a lot of work and a lot of learning and a lot of push to, to kind of find that passion pivot and, and kind of make it your own. Mm -hmm. um, so first thing with that is just those pivots did you ever encounter a period where like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I shouldn't pivot. You have to change your, your frame of mind around what I'm doing. Uh, and if you did, how did you get through that? Cause that's, that's an ego driven kind of situation that I know I've definitely had I'm like, no, you just don't understand. And you know, luckily I've worked with a lot of people who are, are patient minded and they're like, well, maybe you should look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, so how, how have you kind of seen that and how have you, uh, push through it in business and, and maybe in life too, because that happens quite a bit. So I feel like I had this one experience in an endeavor that I tried going down, which was I started my own local magazine because in college they were teaching us in design that in marketing, that print marketing was coming back. Like that was going to be the new thing. Like email marketing was dying. Print was going to come back. So I was like, I'm going to get ahead of this because this is probably going to blow up the next few years. It didn't. Yeah. But <laughs> I was going to, I was going to wait to, to follow up, but I'm glad that you, you, you let us know. Yeah. I, w I won't waste your time. <laughs> um, so I tried running my own magazine. Uh, it was local and reaching out to businesses, which required a lot of door to door sales, which I hate. And at that time was very introverted and shy and not great at speaking up and people would walk all over me and it definitely, it was painful. It was a painful experience. I hired people to try and do the sales for me and it didn't work out because, well, it's just as painful for them. So they didn't want to do it. And obviously financially it was not good. It was definitely going downhill very quickly. I ended up having to get a side job to try and get out of debt because of it and eventually just let go of it. But what I learned is that I had such a negative outlook about the whole thing that I feel like I kind of caused it to happen that way. Gotcha. And had I, cause I think you were talking about this in a previous podcast that was the mind body connection. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, there's this mind-body-life connection too, where your mind ha is connected with your body and, and you can you know, make yourself feel better. If you have a headache, you can push past it. Like Things like that, health-wise, I think a lot of people understand that, but there's this force in connectivity between your mind, your body, and your life. If, exactly. if your mind is not clear and your body is not healthy, then your life experience isn't going to be good and the people around you are not going to react well to you and just nothing works out. And that was exactly the loop that I was stuck in. I was so frustrated and so negative about the entire experience that it just kept coming back to me. I just kept attracting bad things into my life. And eventually I did give up 
And I don't regret that because that was my entryway into marketing. And from there, I got into social media marketing. And that's when I finally was like, oh my God, this is it. This is where right. I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and so I don't regret it. And it, it was an unbelievable learning experience. And over the past few years, I definitely started to understand that mind-body-life connection of just if you want something really, really bad, then you have to fight for it and you have to believe in it and you just have to live like you already have it and be positive about everything so that you're attracting more of that into your life. You're attracting the things you think about. So if you're thinking about this magazine isn't working, I'm going into financial debt, my customers hate me, I hate doing sales, then that's just more of that is gonna keep happening over and over. And that is being a business owner. Right. If you're focusing on all the negative aspects of your business rather than the solutions to problems you might have, then you're just going to get more problems. Yeah. And I mean, I think that mind, body, life is a, a real thing. That's how you manifest stuff. That's how you create mm -hmm. generative options for yourself. And whether you believe in that or not, it's the truth, right? Because, you know, you can't fully see the, the path in front of you if you're... Um, not in a place to see it right if you're not doing things that are generative towards your mind or to your body you're not going to see these pathways that you can can find that move you towards a life right and i think mm -hmm. one of the things about that manifestation and you know finding these generative things in life is you know the law of attraction that's that's overhyped quite a bit but it's still true right what i put out comes back to me and that's how i view the world but then also I think there's a cultural aspect of this and a generational aspect of life where, you know, if you're told throughout your familial history that like, oh, this is, we don't do this. This is not what we do. We, we, we do this. Um, you start to believe that to be true and then you don't take those options. So I, I think for personally myself, my dad used to tell me that his dad, my grandpa, who I love, would always say, you know, no Polonic is going to be rich. It's just, we're never going to be rich. We're not those type of people. We're going to be salt of the earth people. They were farmers, you know, they grew up doing all this stuff, hardworking. And, you know, to a certain extent, we've all kind of said, yeah, yeah, maybe that's not our life. We're not going to be rich. We're not going to have these cool things or these expensive things, but we're, we are going to have a good life. And I think that's really strong. But in the same token, I think that generational story has kind of led us to be a little fearful of taking risks, right? We go mm -hmm. into, oh, this is my job. This is, you know, I got this degree or I've done this. So this is my job. It's a safe amount. It's a salary. And it's a lot harder for us to take that leap of starting our own business. And luckily the, the three of us, my brother, my sister and I are doing that. Um, but, you know, we're still hesitant. And I can see that in myself of that commitment to things. So I think you're right. That mind, body, life connection is, is palpable and strong. And you, have, you really have to pay attention to it in any aspect, whether it's business or just, you know, decision-based things for jobs or, or things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really have to overcome those habitual thoughts, the things that you're told, the things that you've learned, and the things that you tell yourself too. And you, you grew right. up a certain way thinking that you can only reach a certain point, but then that's what you truly believe. Then that's what's going to happen to you. Right. Yep. Right. And, and, you know, it's the same thing as with physique or I'll never look like that or I'll never do that. Yeah. Obviously there's, there's a limitation to it, but you're stunting that you're, you're not even getting to that limitation. You're cutting it in half just based on like, well, you know, none of us are like this. So let me, mm -hmm. let me do what I feel like I can do. Um, so you brought up the procrastination mm. and we did talk about that on the Facebook group um, and feeling overwhelmed and feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't, it's too much. I'm not going to do this. One of the things I wanted to talk about with that, and, and especially because that came up, so I thought it was actually really awesome that it came up like right before we were going to sit down and do this podcast was this idea of um, self-care, 
right? Mm -hmm. And how procrastination a lot of times can be viewed by people as, well, you know, I'm stressed out, I'm overwhelmed, so I'm gonna engage in self-care to uh, mitigate that, right? Like I'd rather watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine than work on this book I'm doing. That's a real, real thing. Um, or I'd rather, you know, play this video game or read this book. And all those can be self-care, like that, that's an honest thing. However, I think we have misconceptions on self-care too, because I, a lot of times self-care can be doing that thing that you have to do, right? Because I know um, when you have something coming up like taxes or you know, having to, to set something up for the business or call contractors or call for me insurance boards to really like follow through on some things, you know, it has to be done. It just seems overwhelming. So you, you defer like, Oh, I'm going to watch this instead, or I'm going to do this instead. However, what I found in counseling, but also as I've grown older is, uh, and my beard gets more white is that, <laughs> um, you know, you're not actually engaging in self-care because in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about being overwhelmed and what you have to do. And so it seems very like, yeah, I'm doing self-care. But in reality, sometimes that self-care is, is doing what you need to. Um, I feel that's like just my perception, but I'm mm -hmm. wondering how you feel about that. Well, I, I do feel like procrastination sometimes just turns into busy work for me, not mm -hmm. productive work. So in some cases, I will say that you need to give yourself grace sometimes because it's true. You, you probably are overwhelmed and you have too much to work. And as if you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur like me, then like I do everything. I do the bookkeeping. I do customer service. I do the marketing. I do the design. I do everything in my business. And obviously I'm going to get overwhelmed and I expect that to happen. So when it does happen, I just give myself a little breathing room and focus on one thing at a time, but you're right. Like you have to get it done. And, and in the long run, it is good for you to get those things done because it's for the betterment of your life to get that done. So for self-care, um, I would have to say like, for me, self-care is more meditating and clearing my mind so that I can put my best self forward. I'm not really, like a spa visiting kind of person. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not going to go get my nails done. I, it's for me, it's more of just clearing my mental state so that I can just be better at what I do. And having that clear head just makes me feel better all around anyway, because, you know, if I watch TV for an hour or something like that, I, I don't feel better. Maybe, right. I, you know, I might be a little relaxed, but eventually, yeah, those things, those worries, those thoughts, those problems are going to come back. So unless I actually face them, then there is no solution. Right. And I think that's the big difference between engaging in self-care and distraction, right? Mm. Is a lot of times with working with younger kids specifically, I'll say, what do you do to take care of yourself? What do you do to for enjoyment and they'll say video games or tv or youtube youtube is like this the new thing right yeah kids don't even watch tv anymore they just watch yeah. youtube yeah like TV. what, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking? um and you know and it, i work with them on like okay that can be self-care but what's the difference when do you know it's distraction rather than self-care and i think that's mm -hmm. important what you're saying is it's it's distraction when you you leave and that feeling of calmness or or, or enjoyment is gone right mm. it doesn't carry with you and the stuff comes flooding back in and it's more self-care is oh okay that was cool that helped me in that moment i didn't have to watch five episodes i, I got to watch one and it was funny and it shifted my dynamic and now i can go and do the things that, that mm -hmm. I can do. so i think that's an important thing when we're talking about this because being an entrepreneur, there is a lot of need for that, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of need because you're doing it all your, <laughs> yourself, right? And so a job, like these things that you do could be five jobs in one. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking on all that extra energy too. And so really finding that that boundary for you and that, that space to say, okay, this hat's off, this hat's on. Um, yeah. 
it's important. Boundary. You said boundary. That's that's a big one too. Yeah. I feel like you have to set your own boundaries with yourself because there's also the issue of maybe you don't have a struggle with procrastination, but maybe you're, you're a workaholic. Right. And I know a lot of people that will just work, 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 work until they are just burnt out and they don't take the time for that self care. Um, and then they're back to not being able to put their best self forward and their right. work suffers and their relationships suffer. So I think, you know, whether you're procrastinating or you're addicted to working that it's those boundaries and that self care is really important. So it's almost like a spectrum of passion, right? There's, mm, yeah. <laughs> there's that sweet spot of, of passion for what you do. And then there's too, too much. And then you lose that passion because you're burnt out and not enough. And you lose that passion because you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's an important thing. And I, I think it's, it's overlooked because I think initially when you start the entrepreneurial spirit, you're just all passions. Like that's all you have at the beginning, right? It's like, we have this dream, we have this vision, let's go. And then through the muck and mire, it can get and fall into that you know, not enough effort, too much effort. And then, you know, those weeds are entangling. And some days you just like, I don't want to do this. And I think once that kind of comes up, you have to do some real inner work to figure out, like, is it really that you don't want to do this? Or is it like you need help or you need to outreach to those mm -hmm. supports that you do have? Or are you forgotten and you, you've right. lost your way? And I think that happens to a lot of failed businesses where they forgot why they were doing this. I always tell people, you know, a lot of marketing is, is what you do, why you do it, and what makes you the best at it. That's what you want to tell people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I ask people, you know, what are the answers to those questions? They can't tell me the why anymore. They've forgotten why they're doing it. They'll be like, oh, I just want to make money. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's, that's nice. But <laughs> well, why did you get into this? Why this field of work? Why did you choose this career, this, this product, this service to sell? It's more than just, oh, there's the money in it. It's because there was some sort of passion behind it at one point. And if you lose that, then it's so easy to just give up. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do that. I've seen people in my family do that. They, you know, start a business, open up a store, and within a year or two, they're done because they gave up because things got tough, things got hard. And you can see that with the pandemic, a lot of businesses oh, yeah, sure. that went under. And I know I, I give a lot of people advice that you can't just sit there and wait for troubles to pass. You know, it's sink or swim. So if you're sitting there, you're sinking. Right. So, and that's why I was talking about the pivoting thing. You always got to be pivoting, always got to keep moving, always got to think about how can you be better? How can you keep moving and keep your business going and keep that passion alive for what you do? Because as long as you have that passion, then you're going to find solutions. You're going to have positivity. You're going to be happy with what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something um, that we were, were, you know, the pandemic definitely shifts a lot of stuff. So usually counseling is in person. A lot of uh, what my brother does with martial arts and meditations is, is in person and going through Zoom or finding these other avenues to kind of do it took a little while, but it's manageable. But even in some of the grants we got, we were leading a youth leadership group and we kind of had to disband in the middle of it because of the pandemic. And we had like 12 kids we were working with. We got a grant from Unify Against Bullying, which is a, a great nonprofit in the area. And, you know, a lot of people were, we were, we sat down and said, well, how do we keep this going? Right. Because so much of our leadership curriculum is based on interaction in person and doing these these problem solving activities and, and fun games to to put it into practice wouldn't translate great over a zoom call because you know you you can talk about it but it's hard to do that interactive problem solving with with mm -hmm. these hands-on things and so we were stagnant for a little bit um just focusing on individual stuff um rather than the programming and then someone came to me, a mother came to me and her daughter was really having trouble with socialization. So a couple of weeks ago, we uh, pivoted that youth leadership group to uh, a youth, just 
a basic youth group providing people with like zoom calls to socialize because going into the fall again we still don't know what that's going to look like and so we just decided to to kind of take some of the therapeutic content and leadership curriculum out of it but have have it just be a safe place where people can come and talk so we're doing like a cooking night we're doing an art night we did a game night and it's been really enjoyable to see some of those kids back because you can tell like they've been missing. They they mm. were, they wanted to do weekly and we just couldn't do it <laughs> because <laughs> uh, let's do weekly. Let's do it for like three hours and we'll do it every week into the school year. And, and it was great to see that passion. And then mm. obviously we had to temper it a little bit with our schedules, but mm. I think you're right. It's uh, you stay too stagnant and you, you disconnect from purpose. Mm. It's interesting too, because it actually makes me reflect on myself a little bit because I think I mentioned before, I'm very introverted and I tend to be shy and that's something that I've really tried to overcome. And since like quarantining and pandemic life that I just, I can see slipping back into that a little bit. And I can imagine that if, you know, you, you struggle with socializing and you go that long without that one-on-one interaction that must be really difficult because I I definitely feel it happening to me and it's not a good feeling no No. (laughs) backtracking (laughs) I think the running joke at the beginning of the pandemic and working with the kids was Steve I'm built for this video games all day online conferences sitting here like not going anywhere I'm built for this and then those same kids probably two months into are like I'm really struggling like Mm. yeah yeah, you're like you may enjoy this, but that's in your own controlled kind of environment. You're choosing to do that. You're being forced to do it right now, and mm-hmm. that never feels great. And so it, it does. Like no matter how much progress, it does kind of cause a, a lapse. And mm-hmm. I think the important part with that is knowing the difference between what a, a relapse is and a lapse is, because right? mm-hmm. we're it, it can go one way or the other. And I think it's really important to pay attention to a lapse. It's just this momentary feeling of, oh, I feel myself going back to this old way, but I have awareness here now and how do I push through? And a relapse is like all, almost going all the way back and saying, okay, now I'm back where I, I realized this wasn't even an issue or if it was an issue, I wasn't ready to act on it. So now that's so far back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tend to think in, black and white so as soon as that lapse comes in we're like oh here we go all the way back and you're like no yeah. no, no you have a choice you have a choice mm. but yeah. it is hard you're, you're yeah definitely the there. awareness i would imagine the awareness is a big part of that because it is it's like a comfort zone obviously yeah i i want to like curl up on the couch and watch tv all day that sounds amazing but i do that for three months straight <laughs> <laughs> My my little antidote with that is like I'm a TV movie guy. I, I love it, um, but we don't watch that much TV. We'll watch an episode or two a night after my daughter goes to bed, and we're more of a, a book family, so we like to read at night. Um, but I I'll watch anything because I like I'm a narrative person, so I like to see what they do with that. I, you know, I watched all the Saw movies to see where where it went, even though I should have stopped at like the second one. Um, you know, I wanted to see what they did with the storyline because I like that. Uh, my wife and my daughter weren't home. They went to my mother-in-law's for a little bit. And before COVID, they went to my mother-in-law's. And I was like, great, I'm going to watch a bunch of shows and catch up on all this stuff. And I literally felt my body get sick at a certain point because it wasn't so used to it. I got, I think I was watching the Wu-Tang uh, series on Hulu. I got... I watched like four back-to-back episodes. I was like, yeah, this is great. I keep going. And I stood up and I'm like, I feel terrible. I feel Mm -hmm. so sick right now. Like my head is off. Like I just feel nauseous. And, you know, I, and it was funny because at the end of that week, I was giving a conversation at Wilbraham Munson about technology and teenagers. And I, and I really, got to bring some personal experience into that because because of how disconnected you are from that sometimes when you jump back into it it, it, like your body is super sensitive to it your mind your eyes super sensitive to it and it's it's kind of a cool i mean i didn't like it in the moment but it was kind of a cool like (laughs) hey look this is true so yeah that's what's experiencing it firsthand for sure well it's funny i never used to have to wear glasses until 
I started working on a laptop every mm -hmm. single day. Right. And now I have to wear glasses because, you know, it's damn, I mean, probably getting old too, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's, I mean, I was like 22 when I had to get glasses. So pretty <laughs> so, sure. It's so probably just, it's the laptop, probably not age. Really. Yeah. But it definitely is detrimental. Like if it's a rainy Sunday or something, oh yeah, I just sit on the couch, watch TV all day. It sounds amazing. I love it. But yeah, at the end of the day and you get up and you're like, bones are cracking and your muscles are sore. <laughs> that might be age at that point. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so let's talk a little bit about like being your brand and what that means in the age of social media. Cause I think a lot of people think of using social media as marketing is just influencers and, and, and having that title and being, being an influencer and things of that nature, but it's not right. So what, what does it mean to, be your brand and why is it important? So being your brand is taking that passion that you have for what you do and putting that out there for everyone to see. A lot of people will hide behind their services or their products or their logo and expect that's what's going to sell it. Mm. You know, you, you'll hire a designer to make up a, a some sort of uh, promotional flyer to showcase a sale that you're having. And that's just going to be like, buy this, buy this, buy this. And nobody's going to respond to that. It's not relatable. It's not the type of content people go on social media to see. Whereas when I promoted my coaching program, I recorded a video of me talking about how I've wanted to do this for a long time. And I enjoy working with people one-on-one -on -one and helping them grow their business. And I put myself out there. I am my brand. Um, and it's kind of funny because when I first started freelancing, I was kind of doing that, but not knowing it because like I said before, I didn't even build a business. I was just right. me doing my thing. And then as I did start to grow it, I did start to hide behind my logo and hide behind my business branding. And while it's important to have those professional values in your business, to have a logo, to have your brand colors, to have a website, to have all that, when you go onto social media, that changes. Right. Because they're there for connectivity. People want human connection. They want conversations and relationships. And that's the best way to engage with your customers and your, your soon-to-be customers is to grow those relationships, to find their pain points, and even learn along the way, you know, how do you understand your audience? What, what is it that they want to hear from you? That way you can give them what they want and now they're going to want more of it. Right. So that's how you grow your business from there too. And like I was saying before, you get referrals, you get repeat customers by building those relationships. So the basic idea of being your brand is just putting yourself out there. It's more selfies, it's more videos, it's more heart to heart and personable content that's about you as a business owner. And if you're the type of business that has multiple employees or multiple business owners, you know, CEOs, that sort of thing, then you're a team, right? You're a family and put that out there, put your team out there, put your family out there and have everyone represent the brand as themselves. Right. And I, I think people are really insightful that they're going to pick up when it's fake. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where that, that passion comes to. Like if, if you're not enjoying your marketing, then no one else is going to enjoy your marketing. If you don't right. enjoy creating your marketing, then they're not going to enjoy it. So if you don't have that passion, when you, you're creating the content for your social media, that it's going to show. And it's, if it's transparent, they will see it. Yeah, that that court of uh, social—I uh, don't know the right term—but like that that court of, of judgment from the social aspect is is ruthless in that sense, and I think that's when you you find that, um, and that's a, a good clue. And when the passion's missing, if if it's not coming through, then you have to ask yourself that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's it's just being authentic and being honest too, like. I don't enjoy getting in front of a camera and you can probably see that in some of my videos. So I don't create videos that often because I get 
nervous and I get yeah. choked up. I probably record that video 15 times before I finally put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I wasn't like that. So I truly understand where people are coming from where they don't want to do that. They just want to hide behind their marketing and not put themselves out there. Right. But like I look at data, I look at algorithms all day long and I can tell you it's there. That's what people want to see. Those are the right. facts. And there's, at the moment, there's not much we can do about it except do those things. Put the content out there that people want to engage with so that you can grow. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're wasting your time on social media for your business. All right. So uh, be your brand is the way to go. Uh, paper magazine's not so much the way to go right now. Um, I think it, it depends for everybody, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, that and was supposed did, to be a joke. <laughs> did, oh. did it back to where you were, were talking about in college. But then you got serious. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not <laughs> I thought you wanted my, my actual insight. And I was like, I don't want to bash magazines. Really, so. <laughs> no, no, no. We love magazines. I was just trying to make a joke. Oh. Um, so uh, a couple more questions before we come to the end of the podcast. Obviously, you've listened before. So you know the superhero question is coming. Yes. Uh, but I do have one more question for you before that, and that is uh, Two Moons. Tell me a little bit about the name and the logo, because I think when I think of moons, I think of that creative power, that rejuvenating power. You know, you look into different cultures and how important those moons are. Mm-hmm. Those moons, we have one. <laughs> how important <laughs> the moon is uh, uh, and moonlight to, to re-energize things. Um, so where did that name and logo come from for you? So during that time when I was just starting out, when I was freelancing, I was reading uh, The Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Oh, cool. And I was trying to come up with a name for the business. And I had thought that I want something that's astrological because I like astronomy, I like astrology, and that fits my personality. And seeing that it was a creative business that I was um, coming up with, I wanted it something kind of out there and creative and anything goes kind of thing. So I was reading the cosmos and there was a particular line, which I, it's funny, I haven't been able to find it. Like I reread the book and I couldn't find it. And yeah, I was like, well, that's funny. weird. But <laughs> it, and it referenced two moons mm-hmm. and, and it just kind of hit me. And I did go through probably two or three logos before I landed on the one that I have now, and I haven't changed it since. But Two Moons creative, and yes, like everything you were just saying about moons. I love the moon. It's my favorite. But um, I like whenever there's a full moon, I get super excited. And apparently- There's one coming out. Yes, yes. Um, I think it was like six months ago, we, the Earth technically had a second moon because it pulled something in to uh, its orbit. It was a, um, like a meteorite or something. And it was orbiting around the earth for like three, four weeks. And then eventually it like crashed and dissolved and left the orbit. But that got me really excited because I was like, oh, we have two moons. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really just a creative out there name that kind of, represents me a little bit and my interests and in, in some more of my passions for astrology and astronomy and nice that's awesome so it's an encapsulating kind of mm-hmm. name and logo very cool i like that uh Thanks. okay superhero questions ready okay so you can answer in any order but um if you could have any superpower what would it be and why and then what is your superpower okay So if I could have a superpower, it would be the ability to manipulate space and time because, and not because I want to like go back in time and change things, Mm -hmm. but I would love to like go into the future and see all the awesome future technology and like people living on spaceships and people living on Mars. And I would love to be able to see that stuff. And also, so that's like bending time, but then like bending space, then I could go to other dimensions and yeah, that's nice. I would like to be able to do that. If you've ever seen the show heroes, Yes. Yes. I mean, look, I'm asking you superhero questions. Yeah. <laughs> so I would be the hero Nakamura. 
He's the man. I love I love yep. his character. Great. Uh, what is and your superpower, would you say? So I'm a Pisces and I'm an empath. So I feel like understanding people and just kind of being a mediator of sorts is my superpower. I admittedly don't like having that ability sometimes because yeah. it puts me into situations I don't want to be in, but I just kind of get sucked into other people's drama because I feel the need to help. Right. But, but you know, you've got to kind of have to set boundaries and comes back to that self-care thing right like you can't let other people suck your energy out so there's pros and cons of that but kind of have to find a balance but that, yeah, I, I would think, say that's probably my superpower i think with empathy right like boundaries are super important and then these periods where you can practice some kind of assertive or aggressive nature just mm -hmm. to rebalance the self because i think we spend so much time caring and taking on other people's stuff that there needs to be a real assertive or aggressive energy at times not directed at people but in a healthy way um mm. and for me that's exercise right like i i get a lot of that or doing martial arts or you know things of that nature so mm. yeah um i love running running is good for me but yeah. admittedly i haven't been doing that because i haven't been going to the gym because you know I just started re jump roping today and I listened to Obama's speech from the DNC the other night and it was the most motivating thing to listen to as I was jump roping. I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's funny. Sometimes like when I'm running, I'm not necessarily listening to music that's like fast paced and upbeat. Sometimes it's just right. like a really slow song that is just emotionally touching and charging and that's yeah. what gets me going. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool to draw things from different things. Yeah. So any last gems of knowledge to drop on the mm -hmm. listeners today? What, what, what would you say in, in passing at, at the end of this? Um, I would say that, you know, just circling back to what we said before about passion, right? And being authentic and having passion in all aspects of your life, not just your career, but making sure you have that passion throughout everything so that it carries into your career and you can have success. And that's what's going to get you where you want to go in life so that you can be happy. Awesome. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast. Thank you for, for dropping you. in and talking. I know uh, it's been really informative in, in terms of branding and businesses, but also just in you know being a human on this mm -hmm. world which very shortly had two moons. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean Project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.